You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to, to today's edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel and Dennis Dick is here. He'll be back in just a second. Uh, great show for you today. Obviously, the earnings parade continues. Alibaba this morning. We're going to talk about that Clorox report. Holy cow. Did you guys see that? I want to talk all about that. We got Under Armour as well. Take Two Interactive yesterday. Uh, we got more stuff happening in China with regards to potential regulations. More headlines there. Uh, I want to talk about this T Bio report overnight. There he is. Uh, we have an offering from Lee Auto Li. Dennis, good morning. What's up? Um, man, running around today. We got Jeremy Newsome at eight thirty-five, and then at nine, I'm bringing on someone that I am very excited to talk to. Dan Weisskopf. He's the portfolio manager at uh, Tor- Toroso Investments. He's the co-PM of the blockchain ETF for BLOK. He's one someone that I look up to for his ETF knowledge. Uh, he's also a strategist at the ETF Think Tank, and he'll be on at nine o'clock to talk ETFs with me. Um, and yeah, so smash the like, hit subscribe, do all that good stuff. Joel, bring up your charts if you can and tell us how we're doing on this lovely Tuesday morning. All right. Good morning, uh, traders, investors. Uh, real quick, oh, I just want And the effort want... uh, to mention the event. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, August 21st from 9 to 9 till noon, you get triple D and I's undivided attention for three hours. It's always important to look at the markets when, when they're not open, just a little bit of our routines, things that uh, look for after hours and pre-mark as well as uh, some long-term. It's introduction to professional trading, but I don't know, maybe it should be introduction to professional investing because we always talk about a lot of different time frames. Well, we're talking both time frames. We'll be talking all time frames, long-term investing, term. swing trading, day trading we'll be talking at all 
And I'll be doing, I'll be, I'll do my uh, 15 minutes of preparation and then uh, we'll have Dennis and, and also Rob Friesen will be joining us uh, from Stock Odds. And man, he's been, uh, he's been pointing out some really interesting things that we talk about. It's funny. We talk about it on the show and then boom, I'm on with him at 1030 and he mentions the same things, but let's get to the markets here. Let's take a look at the futures week close and boom. Right back up, folks. Here we are trading up 15 handles at 94.75, 97 and a quarter pre market high. We haven't even seen the close yet at 81, 34.81. So a good start to the morning, but you know what? We had a good start yesterday, too, and look what happened. Crude down eight cents at 71.18. Gold hanging out uh, above 1800, but it's down 870 at 18, 13 and a half. Silver. Down seven and a half cents at twenty five fifty. Bitcoin, you know that Amazon rally, the top of the trading range, the hundred dollar tip from the guy. Did you hear we got a hundred dollar tip yesterday? Holy, yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah. I, I think here's what happened. I think is um, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think he was just some guy, and he on Twitter because I, I think I saw him on uh, tagged me. Uh, he's he's he put out a tweet. He was like tag three people on uh and someone tagged like benzinga and so we hopped on our show and just dropped us a couple hundred and then dipped i think is what happened really <laughs> i think he was guy. i think he was just giving away money i don't know nice guy wowzer <laughs> uh but anyways bitcoin that's down that's called uh, 1200 bucks at uh 3797 and uh uh, Ethereum giving some back. Uh, that's down one hundred thirty-three dollars at twenty-four seventy-seven. So my main question for you, uh, Triple D, this morning is: I see the spoos are up 034 percent, yeah. right? Yeah. I see Tesla, but can you give me like a half dozen other stocks that are trading? Up? I mean, they're random, but I'm looking at uh, Microsoft flat. Yeah, not Apple. tech. Not yeah, tech. not tech. So where's not the tech. strength today? Uh, it's, uh, somewhat, somewhat the reopening trade, which they sold yesterday, but you are seeing some strength in the banks. You are seeing some strength in the IWM. So your small caps, 0.7%, you're up on the IWM. This is a complete repeat of yesterday where the IWM was showing strength. Tech was not showing that much strength. Um, really everything just started rolling over eventually though. And then we obviously ended up closing red. I think today is another selling opportunity. I'll be honest. The IWM candle from yesterday and the small caps, you had a key reversal. We made a new high and then closed and made a new low lower than the previous day's range. Not huge reversal, but enough to take note. Now you get back Ooh. up into that range. You got people caught from yesterday, maybe thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to start nibbling my toe in some of these reopening plays. And then they pulled the rug out from all of them in the afternoon. And I think that continues. So I think if you're getting a bounce in some of those reopening names, I think you have to sell. And I think the reason for that still is I think the Delta wave is still just getting started. And what about the overall reaction to earnings? I mean, I'm not just talking from the big tech, right? Because they, they let us up mm -hmm. here, right? So are they going to lead us down? I mean, Apple, I mean, oh, you know, whatever. It was a pretty good report, right? Boom. They couldn't take out the 150. Mr. Softy, I mean, when you guys want to stop me talking about, want me to stop talking about 290, holy mackerel. Back on 728, I said a quadruple top. 
it got through there in the uh, in the pre market and after hours, but there's just there's just a wall there. Um, Amazon, Amazon got Amazon here. Good call by Triple D. It did hold yesterday's low, so if you have a reference, you know you have a reference point here. Uh, Google, I mean that ran like crazy, but boom, that twenty eight hundred it hit a roadblock, and then uh, Facebook, I mean. Had just a tremendous run into the report, and now it's given some back. So overall, the reactions to good earnings reports has not been super positive. And it's not just the tech; it was in the banks. Sure. You know, it's been in a number of stocks. Oh here. yeah. Good point. And then you're seeing the consumer staples, and I know Procter and Gamble did okay, but man, you are seeing cost inflation hitting some of the major companies. We have to go to the Clorox story. That's got to be one of the biggest down moves for Clorox ever. I can't remember the last time I saw Clorox down 11%. This is a stock that typically moves around 1% or 2%. I know during COVID times last year, it was really getting some pops. But, I mean, you look at this thing. I actually, when it was down this much, I had to go and look at the reports. So I was skimming through it this morning. <laughs> they cite cost inflation in multiple places, saying um, their margin is going to be squeezed by as much as 300 to 400 basis points um, for at least the next quarter until they can start to figure out how to pass on some of these costs. But, you know, they've, they've got the input costs that are hitting them. And then it's not only that, it's sales are starting to come in because people were loading up on Clorox during the pandemic or loading up on their cleaning products. And you know what? They're stocked up and they're not buying as much here right now. So perfect storm for Clorox. Sales going down, margins getting squeezed, lots of bad stuff happening here. I had this in my portfolio for a little bit. I sold it out, thank goodness, because it's down 20 bucks today. People would be coming in and saying, wow, how can you go wrong buying Clorox down 20 bucks, but I never like to buy on day one, and I'll tell you, it was a disaster, disaster of a report. Uh, Joel, you, why don't you bring up your charts while I read what I I'm haven't brought them up. I got them. It says stop sharing. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> okay, I'll stop sharing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Q4 earnings per share, 95 cents is what Clorox made last quarter uh, versus a $1.36 estimate sales. Also missed, as Dennis said, $1.8 versus $1.92 billion. Here's some more details. Uh, sales declined 9.2% year over year. There we go. We got the charts up. Uh, fall in sales driven by deceleration of shipments from peak levels during the pandemic, uh, including a more than expected deceleration in the health and wellness segment, uh, in which revenues fell 17% year over year. Uh, households fell 8% year over year, lifestyle 3%, international actually grew 5% year over year. Uh, gross profit declined. Um, da, da, da. Here, here's a quote. The fiscal year 21 was an extraordinary year for Clorox with the pandemic putting us through the test of volatility, including rapid changes in consumer demand and inflationary pressure. Um like they're saying, it's going to be impossible to continue that. Here are some guidance. So those are all backward-looking numbers. Let's give you some forward-looking stuff. That's more important, right? Uh, fiscal yeah. year 22 adjusted EPS guidance in a range of, call it mid-$5, right? 540 to 570 Estimate was up in the $7 range. $7.67. Oh, 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 oh. That's those, those margins estimate. getting squeezed. So uh, they expect a 2 to 6% decline in sales year over year. Uh, for the fiscal year, um, but again, it's just like Dennis said. I mean, it's 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 uh, demand going back to normal, and uh, 
and so I guess inflationary pressures. I, I guess they I guess they can't pass it all down to the consumer. I, if we well, can, can they uh, just good. can't do it all at once. I mean, yeah, yeah I think that's what a lot of these companies are going to struggle with. You know, it's one thing, but you know, some of these input costs on them some you know, are, are up substantially. You know, you can't pass on a fifty percent if you have some of your products. And I'm I'm not. You know, they didn't break it down, but I'm sure there's some other input. You know, chemicals and stuff that have went up. You know, maybe more than fifty percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to just pass that on. You can't just jack it from like ten bucks to fifteen bucks overnight. You can jack it up a little bit, but over time they'll catch it up. But right now it's hard. It's hard to just you know when you're seeing inflation like that. And we know it's maybe just transitory, but that's what the Fed says. But we know it might not be too. So it's not just the little guy getting hit. You know, big companies are getting squeezed here too with inflationary pressures. Yeah. Do you want a Do you want a, an eight star today? Yeah, give me the best level of all levels. Are you sure? Yeah, one fifty-five seventy-seven. Why? Uh, February low of two thousand and twenty. One fifty-four eighty-eight. About the entire pandemic run. Yes. The entire thing. And March low was one fifty-six sixty-eight. We don't need Clorox anymore. We're getting past. <laughs> Delta, but you know what? You, you know, I was going to say that. I was going to say that, and I didn't think that that was appropriate to say. But I'm you know glad. what? One thing though is they found out as we went further in the pandemic, and remember, Clorox just got ridiculously jacked back in March and April when it went from one hundred sixty dollars to two hundred fourteen dollars overnight. They figured out that you know people weren't getting COVID from surfaces. They weren't getting COVID from touching things. They were getting COVID from breathing other people's air particles. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's where Clorox, you know, had the ridiculous run. And I think, you know, people have realized just because they wiped down their countertops, you know, it's not going to keep their restaurant open. It's not going to, you know, keep them from getting COVID. It's not what's on the table. It's what's in the air. And I think that's, you know, why Clorox has somewhat been a victim of, uh, of, of this to, to a certain extent now because, you know, people, yeah. Are, are starting to get that they're not thinking it's on surfaces and they're not just going out and buying all the Clorox they can possibly get because we need to kill every germ that's out there. I mean, I was wiping down all my groceries I, I, back in March so many April people too. mentioned so yeah. many people mentioned that to me. And, and you know, and I never, and, and just look, so, you know, just to give you, you know, even with the cold or a flu, like I'm fighting a little bit of a cold because I went out for the first time in a year and a half and socialized at a campground and 10 out of the 13 people got sick. Um, you know, here we were, you know, for the last year doing click and collect other people touching our, our stuff, you know, click and collect is like, they, you know, the, the, that's what they yep. call it. And at least we, 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 we got it. We got same it. thing. Well, I didn't know if they call it the same thing though, but anyways, they call it our superstore click and collect. So you have other people physically touching your food, putting it in there. So in the first month back in March, 2000, I was wiping it all down with Clorox wipes. Well, then, they, you know, studies keep coming out. It's like, and it's not, you're not getting it from the surfaces. So all these times. I've had these Clorox, you know, all you know, all these times that I was wiping it down wasn't helping because then I went the next year, didn't wipe anything down, didn't get sick. Go out for one week, somebody sneezes on you the wrong way and you get sick. So it's obvious, you know, that you're not you're getting this from the air, you're not getting it from surfaces. So I think that does affect it as well. All right. I I, I mistook when you said about getting the Delta variant because I thought you were talking about um the vaccine. What? what? 
Okay, Joel's went on a tangent here that we do not. <laughs> Some people okay. will get that. Some okay, all right. Moving that. on. Move, it's move, going move. back a while. Some right, people, tough, tough some joke. smart people in the chat will get it. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, no both was was right, Doc, we got a step down seller right now. I don't know who or she, she is, but yeah, step down seller. Pre market low one sixty sixty one. Boy, oh boy! I mean, if if you're short or if you're you know you feel like you want to cover today, note that pre market low and then see if we just keep wherever it's going to be. Short, you're a genius. If you're short, you're a genius. But see where that pre ahead of my. I don't think we're going to see my one fifty five seventy eight. But um, maybe I mean anything can happen. But oh, I'm just saying, just about twenty have, bucks. You fall on their five again. That's why I always let the dust settle. Yep, let the dust settle. Because you know what? Yeah, this could be square. It isn't square, I'll tell you that. You know, where it turns around on a dime. You know, we I, I never liked to buy on day one. I did not buy on square on day one, even though I was kind of liking it down at the 230 area. I want another low. And it never, it just completely reversed. You're not going to wow. see this in this report. You know, it's not, it's not going to pull a full reversal and be up to 10 bucks. I mean, oh, no, this, no, is, no, no. this is a bad enough report that it's going to have a lasting effect on people who are in the stock. They're like, wow, I did not see that coming. So that's why P- I don't think there's yeah. a hurry to buy Clorox. PG came off too. I mean, this took a you know Colgate Palmolive. I mean, uh, boom that. Ooh, boy, that got whacked yesterday. If you were following that into the report, uh, and what else falls in here, Dennis? What else do you like to group with these stocks? Uh, mm-hmm. Colgate, PG, Clorox. What else? Do anything else you can throw in there? Church uh, and KMB, but but again, no. Procter Gamble has already reported. True. Yes. So that helps them. So it won't get hit as hard because we already know that they actually were okay through it on the input costs at least. KMB is down. Um, KMB is still due to report. Must be down a box. I can tell you. I might have reported when it went down to one thirty. It may have. Yeah, it did. It, it did. did. Anyways, Kimberly Clark is down a buck. I wouldn't want to own Procter and Gamble just because you know right now it's trading flat here. But I mean, Clorox down twenty. Procter and Gamble gonna stay green. I don't know. I don't know who's buying it flat, but not me, not you, not me. I have no position. There. No All position right. either. Should we talk? Uh, let's talk China. Let's talk Alibaba here. Um, so I I went to the the earnings release and I did a control F for the word uh, regulation or regulatory or anything like that. Um, found five instances of five mentions of the word, but uh, all generic. Basically, there was nothing in the in the report about uh, anything that's happened in the past couple of weeks, um, I, and I and I even cross checked it against the press releases from the last quarter and the the last three quarters just to see. It, but no, there was nothing special in the press release with regards to uh, anything in the last few weeks. They did beat on their EPS, missed down their sales, and added a five billion dollar buyback. Um, so the numbers are going to be what they are. I I guess maybe the I would expect something on the call. The call is going on right now. Um, maybe they're saying something. I don't know. I would certainly hope so. But then again, maybe not. Um, regardless, what's the stock doing this morning? I had to pop and to drop. Uh, we got up over uh, yesterday's high. I saw it pop to 203.38. Now down to buck 15. Uh, keep eye on that closing price from yesterday. After trading up to two hundred three, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that. Uh, the close two double oh nine. So nice pop off that low. 
Uh, yesterday's lows down to 196 and a quarter, and that was right with Friday's highs. So 196, uh, 2009, some levels for you in Alibaba. I mean, Baba just, you know, we can look at levels, we can look at this, but it matters what is happening in China. Politics matter to every Chinese stock right now. Just ask Tencent, Spencer, bring us into Tencent. Uh, because it's getting hit over in Hong Kong. It's down 6%. All the gaming makers oh, the yeah. games, oh. get hit on this too. Joe, why don't you bring up NetEase and TES because that one does trade here in the U.S. And sure. so here, here's the situation is there is a an article that's that's been deleted. It's been taken down now, but it was it was published in, in uh, you know the, the, the state-owned uh, Chinese newspaper but essentially criticizing video games, called, called video games opium for the mind. Um, and again, it's been removed. You can't find. Well, you can't find it now. Uh, but just, just the just the article alone, again from the state-owned paper, is enough to spook everybody yeah. uh, now. So that maybe video games are the next target because we don't really know, no. you know, what kind of signals that they're saying, sending or not sending. So anyway, NetEase and Billy Billy are, are the two uh, big ones that trade that trade wow. in the U.S. actively. Yeah. Uh, there are many more, obviously, but that don't trade actively in the U.S. Tencent is the big one. They're not in the U.S. I mean, they are, but they're uh, uh, on OTC markets, and there's a bunch of other names that don't trade in the U.S. Tencent's down 6% in Hong Kong. Uh, down Ro- 6%. Roblox does have some exposure to China. For, uh, for okay, so Roblox getting hit a little bit here. Yeah. Not good for any of the gaming makers, really, but I mean, like you said, Billy Billy, B-I-L-I, N-T-E-S, yep. all getting hit. It just seems like there's another disaster coming out of yeah. China. Because of political uh, issues every day. I mean, it seems like you're just punished. So you had this ridiculous rally in NetEase. I mean, this just going to show you, like, the FOMO just sometimes takes over. We're going to talk TBIO in a minute, too, to tell you how much the FOMO takes over. Don't let the FOMO take over. I mean, here you got NetEase, NTES, 120, 110, 115. Absolutely collapses in three days. Goes from 115, you go out the charts and looking at that. All the way down to 82 bucks. That's a huge collapse. What's it do? Next four days gets almost all of it back. Who's buying that up at 105 now? That is the selling opportunity. If I would have shot saw that chart, now it's back down to 95. I mean, there's so many things to worry about here. Um, and you know, here's the stock. If you're coming in and like I said, buying it after it's just rallied from $82 to 105 in four days, you were absolutely doing it backwards. It's a 30% move. In four days, that's a complete snapback of the entire loss in a, an environment where people probably still are going to be reluctant to own Chinese stocks. So the same thing with Baba. I mean, I own some Baba, but it's had a pretty good bounce, but nothing like that NetEase one. Billy Billy, similar story, but not as big of a bounce. And now it's trying to go down and take out its lows of the move. So it's tough to own China stocks right now. Well, also, and I was discussing this with uh, with someone over the weekend in Invest. It's like you don't know what the next headline is, and they were it's nice it. yesterday, right? Uh, we're discussing with U.S. regulators about IPOs. Oh, nice talking, nice, right? Boom, these stocks rally today. Wow! So you just you, you don't you don't know what I mean. You don't know which way it's going to turn. I guess you just got to, when there's good news coming out of there, you got to fade it. And I bad news. I don't know. That that was three days in a row. Or Yeah, one, two, three. We're getting three, hit on four. oil right now. Right now. What's going on? I know. The spoos are fading, getting too. hammered on oil. Let's go to the, let's go to the crude chart. We were let's trading hit. up. 
we were out. We just we literally just fell a buck uh, on US and not like hammered for day traders, but you know, people always say, Oh yeah, no, that's a big 2%. move. But that's a big move just in boom in the last minute. So I'm not sure what just There's happened. There's some news. Come on, Spencer. That, that's gotta look. be something. News me. Yeah, there's okay. gotta be some news. Uh, Look at that. It oil uh boom boom. This is a one no, that's a 15 minute. Let's go till one minute and see what uh, triple D. Come on, one minute. Boom. Why not? What's wrong with you? You're not working. 15 minute and one minute. There you go. This is going there. One minute, two, three, four, five, six minutes. We've lost a buck. That's a big move. It's a big move. And and the spoos are going right along with it in the toilet. Yeah. Something happened. Somebody said something, something with China. I'll tell you that. Something with China. Hold on a second. Something I'm, with China. Yeah, I'm looking at 10 different screens at once. China um, lockdown? Well, that's been talked already, though, the China lockdown. Hold on. They, China's locking down because they said they had 270 cases. We know you probably throw like three zeros on that because they always seem not to report. <laughs> but, I mean, 30, <laughs> 20, 270 cases. We're getting, you know, <laughs> that's a joke. But, um, God, I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm... I, I'm, I'm looking here, but I don't see anything. Okay, something happened with oil. So we'll try to find that news for you there. But it got absolutely just hammered here in the last five minutes. We were trading up. USO was green. It was. Ten minutes ago. And we just dropped a buck. So something All happened. Right. I don't know. Um, but I wanted to go on to the FOMO. So we're talking like the FOMO on the Chinese stocks. Go bring up TBIO. Yeah. This is just unbelievable FOMO. And you got to, if you learn anything, chasing 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 stocks is just you know sometimes you make money most of the time you don't and you know i've learned that the hard way i learned that my first back to 1999 when i started at bright trading and i've told this story before and we had this guy beside us they called him radar and he chased every move man and he'd lose and he'd lose and he'd lose you know and and i was like learning from him and you know i hope he eventually figured it out as well um but you know, in the beginning, like we were two rookies just trading and you see something going, you're like, oh, I got to hop on that train. And what's it do? It turns around and starts going down on you. And then you hop on the next train. This was this day trading. It was a break trading. So, I mean, last night in TBIO, this stock gets a report from Reuters that Sanofi's going to make a bid for the company. They buy this from $29.15 to 35 to 40 to 45 to 50 to $56. Somebody's paying up 100% for the stock on a rumor on a rumor it wasn't nothing was confirmed no price was confirmed nothing this morning comes out price is confirmed sanofi buying translate bio for 38 bucks so somebody is paying up a hundred percent and they get the takeover and the stock only ends up going up 30 percent. that's a quick way to lose half of your money by paying 56 bucks so again just chasing and saying 56 maybe they're going to get 100 well you know, it's like when we were talking the Kathy stocks before, and people are paying up twenty percent on Roblox because Kathy Wood bought some. I mean, it doesn't. Something's just you know the risk reward. Maybe it does. I mean, maybe it does get a crazy bid, but in all likelihood, maybe it doesn't. I mean, a hundred percent is a huge premium. Fifty percent is a big premium. Thirty percent is a good premium. So you know, obviously, some shareholders very disappointed here now all of a sudden because people are paying fifty six dollars for this last night, and it gets taken over at thirty eight. It's a done deal. So you bought a 56, you're done. It's out. That's it. You're down. You know, it's not coming back. It's it's done. The deal is 38 bucks. So you're seeing that risk garbs come in at 37.74 for the time value of money, and then that's it. But I mean, you gotta just watch just randomly chasing Shoot. stocks. 
you know, and chasing them up a hundred percent. I mean, we without see this, a price, we without see a- and without a price, and we see this on these, you know, smaller cap stocks where they're getting promoted on, you know, different social media platforms, and they go up like a hundred percent a day. And then we have our chat asking about these stocks. I I feel sorry for the people because most of these stocks that you know are are getting pumped on social media platforms are not very good companies. And, you know, some of them go up like 50, 100, 200% and people are paying up and some people are making money, but a lot of people are left holding the bag. And, you know, this is, you know, just chasing stocks is such a good way to just lose money. And TBIO, people punished for that last night. We don't talk about AMC anymore. When's the last time AMC or GME? Well, I mean, AMC is still holding on. It's impressive to itself. We don't talk about AMC because if I say anything negative about it, I get 100 people tweeting at me that I'm an idiot. So, I mean, you know, Kramer Kramer just keeps it up. He's Uh the one that, you know, he's he's, he's out of full-on battle, you know, with the apes, it seems like, with Reddit, with everything. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. It hasn't made any sense for a long time. But it's disconnected from fundamentals, meaning price can still go anywhere. I don't like it on the chart. I still think AMC is eventually going to be a $10 stock again. I've on the record saying that. But I mean, it has, you know, it can do anything. I'm not short the stock. You know, it's disconnected from fundamentals. And price disconnects from fundamentals, it can go anywhere. If the story gets hot again, if it starts to take off, it gets back above 40, the thing could be back up about 50 or 60. So, you know, but until it can get back up over 40, if you're long that thing right now, is a lot of risk. I know it's nice to say, okay, yeah, we're just going to take the stock higher and, and you know, pump it up as much as we can and get to 100 or 200 somebody was putting my timeline it's going to a thousand i mean a lot of that is just wishful thinking um you know when it comes down to it the fundamentals on it don't don't make any sense at all but you know i'm not short the stock because it's disconnected from fundamentals you know we've got game stocks been disconnected from fundamentals for a long time and you know i think eventually it reconnects but i don't know when that is and could be you know the, the the path to get to the reconnection to fundamentals could be a long time, which we can, we can see in a stock like AMC. So, you know, it's just not even worth talking about. So we call them Radar after the MASH guy, right? From, I don't know uh, why they were calling him Radar. That, that, that was the kid that was sitting beside me. He was a super nice kid, but he was just chasing everything. Maybe he was really young. You know, I, I don't know how he got the nickname. Yeah, he, was, I, he was there like a month before I was. So somebody already. I, I think it. I think it's be you know because he was like you know remember Radar from MASH. Remember that show MASH. No, but tell us about. I do remember the show Mash, but I never watched. I never watched. Spencer, Mash. you definitely don't. He you never know. watched. I Mash. again, I've I've seen Mash. I I've seen the so show. So who was Radar? Tell us about Radar. Uh, he he oh, was the, he was the guy that you know was you know worked in like the control room, and he had to keep his eyes on every you know like oh yeah, you and, that's, yeah. That's, that's why yeah yeah he had his eyes on everything you know yeah. he actually had good in you know like good like you know looking at this looking at that you know it's kind of. But, you know, it, it, the problem he, he had when he was sitting beside me, and like I said, you know, maybe he figured it out. I know he left the company, you know, sh- like wait, like shortly after he started, but maybe he figured it out at another firm. I don't know. But, um, I mean, just coming in and chasing moves, chasing moves, chasing moves. I was like watching. I was like, oh, wow. You know, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> I'm learning a lot by watching this guy because, you know, he's chasing and losing. Yeah. You know, and then I, I was doing the same thing. I mean, it's it's natural instinct when you start trading. You want to get into what's hot. You're like, oh, well, this is going. I better get into this, or this is going. Can't I better get it. into this. And you start realizing that, yeah, it's all waves, though, right? So when you're already jumping in, and the wave, you know, the train's already left the station. Jump on that moving train. It's it's tough. 
you know, everything does, trades and, you know, everything, everything in the whole world is like waves, really. You get the, the COVID waves too. But I mean, you get the wave of buyers and then you get a wave of sellers. Then you wave of buyers. So, you know, what I like to do is buy stocks and uptrends, you know, when they're waving, but pulling back in the uptrend. I short stocks and downtrends, you know, and I'm buying and selling on the wave up, you know, selling a short on the wave up. So lots of different ways to trade, but um, chasing stocks, it's a tough way to make money. So I think the lesson here is if you bring it back to T-Bio is if you, if you see a report of, of a company being taken over, but you don't see a price, maybe don't buy the stock when it's already up 50 there you go, or 100%. Well, it wasn't quite up 100. It was close. But really close. Up like 92%. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 50, 60, 70, 80%, 90%, whatever. Maybe a don't buy it when it's pay. already up there. When you don't know the price. Yeah. Yeah. You're okay. giving somebody else profits is what you're doing. When you're paying up there, somebody else, the smart money is selling it to you. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Don't All let right. FOMO take over. Uh, we created FOMO before there was even FOMO. I mean, how many years ago? Fear of missing out. We cre- we created that. Uh... I don't think we created that, Joel. Okay. <laughs> right, S&P's... I'd like to claim credit for creating FOMO, but I think some people would have the Al Gore reference to creating the internet on, on us for that one, Joel. True. <laughs> I definitely don't think we created FOMO. We've S&P... had FOMO for years. Uh, S&P's bouncing back a little bit. We're still, uh, you know, got a little bounce off 86. But you know what's not bouncing? Clorox, look at this thing. It's just sitting here down 20 bucks. Triple D, is there any icebergs out there? No, I mean, it's it. I don't think it's going to bounce right back. I don't think Clorox is coming back to 170, 175 today. It was a disaster report. It's very seldom that I actually go and click into a report to actually read the report. I'm trading things. I was like, I actually, it's down so much. I haven't seen Clorox down that much in years. I actually have to just go see how bad, (laughs) how how bad this report is. And you go in and you read it and you're like, wow, you know, not nothing working here. And they, like I said, they didn't sugarcoat much either. So that's why it's hard to just come in here and buy it down 20. Clorox on a normal given day down 20, you're like, what are people doing? This is way overshoot. You know, it's way, and it might be, but it was a really bad report. So I'm going to let the dust settle. This is like, you know, just like we were talking, asteroid just hit, boom, you know, stocks down. Let's let the dust settle. Maybe it bounces right back, like square, dead cap. Uh, I just going to mention off, square. I do not Whoa. think, we already had this conversation. I do not think this is bouncing back I agree. today. I agree. Might bounce back a couple bucks. Maybe it gets to 164 or 165, maybe, but it also might get to your 155 level, Joel, here. So at this point in time, it's coin flip. Yeah. But man, it's a bad report. Yeah, bad. Yeah, very the, the, bad. The summary on the Clorox thing is, and I know you guys already said this, but uh, and you can go look at the chart from last year, is we've given back all the COVID gains, all of them. The entire thing. You, you can actually see, like, you can, tell when, you can tell when the trade started because there's a huge volume increase in, in, in Clorox. It was, like, late February of last year. Uh, you know, and that was, like, a, that was, like, at 150 in the high 150s. And we're at 160 this morning, right? I mean, no. you've given back the entire gains. Thing. From a pandemic right. on a cleaning stock. Yep. So, you know when we when when you talk about like vacuum areas. Now I know you did have a couple monthly lows in there, but pretty much, I mean, the time traded, you know, spent trading between one sixty and one eighty. Not much. I mean, on you know, on the way up, you had it, and then it kind of been holding in there. But 
man, that we could be trading around 160 for, I mean, you know, you don't necessarily have to go to 140 or bounce to 175. You could just, I mean, grind here at 160 for days and weeks on end until the dust settles on here. But uh, you're right. These are your, your February and your March lows right here in the Clorox CLX. All right. Let's bring on uh, Jeremy Newsom here from Real Life Trading. He's got his camera, and he's looking good, and he's got his beard. Yeah, good. Jeremy. <laughs> I absolutely love the beard when he comes is, on here. He's got it all cleaned up today, though. It actually is looking uh, really good today. Jeremy, you're looking great as oh. always, buddy. How are you? Brother, I've missed you guys so much. You guys, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah, well. cool, yeah. Cool, Jeremy, cool. so you're, um, I hear you're adding to your position big time. <laughs> <laughs> the family, the family position. Is that the one yes. <laughs> Congratulations, too. By the way, have you not uh, been on the show since he announced? Guys, it's been a while. It has been. Well, a I don't want to have Jeremy. I had Jeremy on. I don't like because he's man. in Spain. He's in Morocco. He's in he Portugal. Is everywhere. It's hard to get a hold of. He's in Japan. He's in Australia. I've never been to Japan. That's a stretch. That's, <laughs> That's a stretch. Me. I miss you guys so much. Every time I come on here, I'm exhilarated. I'm fired up. I love all of your discussions always. So thank you for allowing me to be here as usual. Appreciate so it. So what do you do? You know what you're having? Yep, little boy, man. Oh, congratulations! So is it Joel, Dennis, or Spencer? Dennis. I named him. I named him after Dennis. Except I just named him all dicks. Dick, dick, dick. <laughs> nice. Just, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Got in school. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Anyway, uh, Jeremy, what are you? What are, What are you watching out there right now? What are you trading? What are you doing? Man, so I am going to be trading today. Uh, I love the Zoom info gap. I think it's really interesting. Talk about that. Yeah. Um, I don't talk, uh, it, talk to us about that. Why? That they it's just clearing every single day ever uh, of price action. So it's gapping above everything. It's never been this high except for maybe one little spike. Spike in the back in June. Yeah. Just yeah. So how do you play that when it gaps above everything? When it gaps above, is this the gap and go candidate? Yep, I think so. Um, I mean, you do technically, it depends on what chart you're looking at. They had an all-time high at 64.40 on. There you go. You know, so there, there is going to be that little level to contend with. But my goal is I'll be watching this to pull back into like 60 and then probably looking at buying it. But this is a pretty strong gap, man. The earnings weren't bad. Um, so even there, when you snowing. get a gap and go scenario, you're still looking for a pullback to buy, though, like not just chasing it. You're looking for like the gap and then maybe a little bit of coming and then striking yeah. as opposed yep. to just buying at the highs. Yeah, that'd be the best case. I, I, like you mentioned, and I love what you said earlier, Dennis, like about chasing. I think that was a very, very good point. I don't want people to over gloss that when you mentioned that you love buying pullbacks and uptrending companies like team trading can be that easy. Right. If you see a nice uptrending company and you're like, all right, I want to buy a pullback into a nice uptrending company. That is a smart way to make money. Yeah. I, I mean, AMD gave us the classic setup we talked about oh. two days ago on the show. It dropped up over $100, got up to like 105, 106, and it was pulling back with the overall market to 102. And I was like, that's the kind of stock I want to buy. Because yeah. right now it's breaking out. It's pulling so back nice. with the overall market. And so look, nice. look at AMD hits 110 three days later. So, oh man, what a trade. Good call out, brother. Can, so I, can I ask you something, though, Jeremy? Because yeah, before bro. you've mentioned, you like to look at like the previous day, couple previous days trading action yep. ahead of something like this. So, yep. if you go just on the last two days, you had, yep. you had some good buyers in there, right? Absolutely. 100%, so, brother. So, that doesn't that 
I mean, do you go with those? Because I kind of thought you're like, well, if there's, I thought you kind of looked at it as a fade. Like the people that were looking at this, they got it over the last two days. There is, you think they'll be the early sellers, and then you'll you get the pullback, or do I have how your theory wrong on that, I, dude? I'm always impressed how you memorize my trading plan. With all the <laughs> all the guests that you have on this show, you, you remember, <laughs> you nailed it, man. That's exactly what I'm doing. That's that's why I'll be looking for those buyers who bought yesterday or the previous two or three days to probably sell a little bit at open because they're thinking, "Holy smokes, I'm up 14 percent overnight." I didn't expect that to happen, and they'll probably lock in some gains. You know, going into work, they're on their phone sitting at a red light drinking their lattes, and they're gonna <laughs> sell on Robinhood. And uh, after that little dip comes in around 60, I'll, I'll look to buy it. And if it happens, that's fine. If it doesn't, I will watch it most of the day, though, for sure. What about Robinhood? Oh, the IPO. Um, I don't see how it does anything much different than Coinbase, personally. Uh, it, it could. It could. But I, it's so similar to me. There's such similar industry sectors, right. positions, the, the type of people who are going to be buying them this early, the valuations, I did like Coinbase. I use Coinbase. I'm a big fan of all the cryptos, as you guys know. Well, not all of them. Sorry. I'm a big fan of trading cryptos. But I didn't want Coinbase until 220. And it did finally get down there. So I had to wait a while. Um, I think Robinhood's a, a buy around 22, maybe. Whoa. I'm not I'm liking gonna, it. I'm going to wait, guys. Yeah, I'm not super, super hot on it. Now, if if Robinhood, uh, what was the previous, the three-day range, if it takes out 4063 I mean, that's a $13 range from the IPO candle. I could maybe go along on like a quick trade or quick day trade, but I'm not buying the hype right now on Robinhood. It's going to have we'll to continue. contend with 38 yeah. too, because remember the IPO price, $38. Yep. Hi, and you've got a lot of people who are marked from that point. And it's not a coincidence that yesterday's high was 37.98. And you're struggling in the pre-market to get over 38 as well. So that Great is a point. big bogey because there's a lot of people who are sitting this within their even Robinhood accounts with a cost base of $38 saying, hey, I just got smoked on this. Give me my money back. 100% correct. Now, here's a question. Do we know if Robinhood is issuing any of these shares as free stock? I don't use Robinhood, so I don't know. I didn't know if any of your traders they did. gave any of these away for free. That uh, question, no, I don't believe so. I never saw that. That would be weird, I think. No, I don't think they did. To give away, because they do give free stocks when you open an account. You know, yeah. like the, the, yeah. that's what Jeremy's, I think, are alluding to is that, yep. you know, when you open an account, they give you like one share of, you know, you know this stock or one share yeah, of AMT or yeah. GameStop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it'd be interesting to give your own stock. I mean, that's probably what they should do. Hey, we'll give you, a, you open up and we'll give you some shares of our stock. Well, that's too. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I like not. that. You should be, you should be a business manager there. You're <laughs> managing, managing Robin Hood there, Jeremy, on the side. You give away, give away good ideas, man. Uh, Jeremy, what about Mr. What about the overall market here? I mean, we've had earnings season. We've had mostly sells off some good reports. Yeah. We're churning and burning. We're just, uh, if you bring up the S&Ps, I mean, you've got a really defined trading range yep. going back one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. This could be like the 10th session in a row. We've been in yep. like a 40, 50 point range. Is uh, is your spiny senses giving you any? I mean, we're just going to blow out this 43, 20, 44, 22 and a quarter go to 4,500 or we just kind of, you know, what are you, what are you looking God, at? Look at, this, look at that monthly chart. I mean, <laughs> wrong. You know, yeah. this is so powerful. 
And rotation, my, rotation has just kept the SPY up has. no matter what. It never rotates out of the market. It only rotates into another sector. And yeah. this is like the strength of you know wow. equities as a whole. The, yeah. the Tina trade with no other place to go, no other alternative. I mean, this is why SPY just has this relentless bid. But it's crowded, Jeremy. It is. It's very crowded. And that's what's interesting is I would love a pullback. I really would. I just don't think we're going to get one. Uh, because there's so much cash on the sidelines yeah, still. There's, cash. there's so many people missing out. There's so many people who want in. People are talking about stocks again all over the planet. Yeah. Guys, I don't know. I mean, we could get maybe two, three months of like little sideways choppiness. But I think we just keep going higher. As insane as that hard might be. It's really, really hard to be bearish. I And again, I know that there's no similarities to what we did in 1987 as far as like fundamentals are concerned. But from a technical, if I'm looking at just a chart and I'm blind to the dates, I don't know anything. COVID looks exactly like 1987 to me. And uh, my interpretation is that we continue to continue. We continue to continue, right? We go we go higher from here. Any pullbacks will get bought. Sideways chop will get bought. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll keep climbing. Uh, speaking of uh, planetary travel, uh, do you still have your <laughs> do you still have your reservation? <laughs> Virgin, Virgin Galactic. I, I would. I'd be one of their seven users. I think if I did have one. <laughs> no, I thought you tweeted out that you got on the waiting list or something. No, no, no. My business partner did. She did. Um, I, she, oh, she's okay. cool how long is the though. waiting list? Is there a pretty good waiting list for this thing? Not to my knowledge. Like you can, they need anyone and everyone to get a reservation. Guys, collectively. Gosh, I knew we should have worked for Jeremy. That, that's like 350k, right? Guys, to go all, or, or, or is she going as uh is she going into cargo or something? All, it, all four of us make more money than Virgin Galactic. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is a business expense. This is tax deductible, so don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, wait till, you, wait till you get that uh, that business expense. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> amazing. Amazing, amazing. Let's go individual stocks. We're giving you the market. Sure. What else yep. is on your radar? Um, Corsair Gaming is gapping Great down. Great stock to talk about today. Disappointing earnings. Stock yeah. gapping down. And there's really nothing stopping it. Uh, I think it could fade back up into 28, maybe 29 if it's lucky, and then get absolutely smokehoused. So you're looking to short this? Yeah. Yep. Stock down, trending, looking to short pops. I think that's what you said earlier, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that strategy. Stocks and downtrends, you short the pops, stock, st short the rips. Stocks and down uptrends, you buy the dips. I mean, that's of course, there is clearly... And a yeah. downtrend. I actually like the company. I like the fundamentals of the company. But yeah. one, you got the gaming thing not going that yep. well on all of a sudden. And, and earnings two, are kind of rough. Is this is a rough chart? So yeah. I, I've I've been like people are saying, when are you buying Corsair? Corsair hasn't given me a reason to buy it. Mm. I mean, stock just keeps going down every day. So there's no sense getting down and dirty in something that just wants to keep making new lows. Yeah, I I heard. Uh, I listened to the promotions, the limited time that I'm in the car before they were like these big promotions, you know, like do this. We'll give, and now I heard if you bet $50 over the next month, we'll give you a $10 bonus. And I'm like, what? I mean, there is just, I don't know. And that pen chart, I know you guys all were like, oh, yeah. you know, and I'm just like gaming. I just don't, I mean, uh, people are, 
unless they're just making so much money in the stock market that they can afford to lose it uh, gambling. But man, and you do have football season coming up. But um, yeah. well, 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 Corsair is, in, is not. It's not betting. It's the, the other gaming. It's, this is video. It's like esports. It's it, it was okay. video, it's video games, right? So Corsair. Oh, so it's, all the, it's all the 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 wear too. Right, like, right, I mean, right. So yeah. you can look at here. Take two at earnings last night as well. They were bad. So Ooh. there's that weighing on the sector this morning. Yeah. Uh, here and Corsair are like the are like the pairs together because they both do like mm. gaming accessories. Uh, here's yeah, Sonos too. I kind of throw into that mix, and I know okay. Sonos is entertainment, but it's just, you know there, there is some overlap there as well. But yeah, <laughs> CRSR, um, and, and obviously um, the other one you just said those are wallet thirty four there in Sonos. Holy macro! Look at that! Oh, look at all those highs at thirty four. I want on Sonos too. I want to. I want on all these, but you know what? There's no reason when they start making new lows. Like my fundamental hat yeah. says, "Oh, I want to own some Corsair." My technical hat says, "Why?" Mm. <laughs> so I yeah. can't. I, it's all timing, right? I can't do it. How do you but determine I, that though, Dennis? Like, what do you look for when you go? Oh, okay, the downtrend is over. Just a, like life. I mean, we got to get back up. So in Corsair, <laughs> there's no life. Like, I mean, yesterday you had, you know, that's trying to show life. It gets back up over $30 and immediately smacked with more sellers because there's so many people who are caught in this thing. I yeah. mean, this, you know, that had the ridiculous Reddit pop back in June and it's never recovered since. I think you can't even look at this until you at least get some closes over 30. So, I mean, people say, why would I buy it at 30 if I didn't want to buy it at 27? You may never buy that it. Are going down, continue to go lower. So yeah. I don't know, Jeremy. It's tough. I yeah, mean, that- you can like a company fundamentally, but if the stock keeps making new lows on the move, I always say when the stock's making a new low, if you're long. You got to go. Right. That Reddit pop in June looks a lot like silver. If you guys remember, like uh, First Majestic AG yeah. and SLV, they were up like thirty five percent overnight. I'm like, that's not good. Um, everyone pops mom- to sell. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. Easiest shorts in the world and then pops to sell anyone who's profitable. It looks the exact same to me. How about I'll throw one out here from Matt Miller in the chat. Uh, thoughts on HOFV $5 calls expiring in February. Yeah, this is Hall of Fame Resorts. This is the NFT play. And they've also got the Hall of Fame Village. Yeah. Mm, Why yeah. not buy the stock at three if you think it's going to five? Yeah, that's anyways, what I would, that, no, no, no. That's that's what I would do. Um, <laughs> essentially, I mean, it's it's a fun bet if you're going to be buying five dollar calls. I just don't see any real reason to do so. I would just buy the shares because the risk reward's a lot better. And the question is, will the stock go higher? Maybe, like, no, yeah. And if you possibly. pay thirty cents for it, then you need the thing to go to five thirty. I mean, yeah, it, at yeah, a minimum, I, just to break even. Exactly. Yep. But you look at Jeremy, when you're doing your trading, you typically aren't buying anything that's in downtrends, right? Like if it's a hard downtrend for the last year, are you buying those stocks? Are you are you trying to call a bottom on any of your trading? You I, try I have it? I've tried to call bottoms. I'm not the greatest at it. <laughs> we all um, do it. <laughs> yeah, we all do it. Um when I do though, man, what I generally try to do is I accumulate and meaning I take the smallest bite-sized chunks, like Zoom as an example. Because I use Zoom. I think a lot of people use Zoom. It was in like a power downtrend for a while. Yeah. And I was literally buying like three or four shares a week, like at whatever oh, price. Small. Just yeah. super, super, super small size to accumulate. Now I got like 75 shares and I'm up a little bit on it because it's taking its time. So if the stock's in a downtrend. Happy I, style. Yeah, it's Kathy style, but I, it, with a lot less money. But if I do, <laughs> I, have to know, I, I have to know how the company works, right? So like Hall of Fame 
would not be one of those examples, but like Teladoc or Zoom or companies that I have a general idea of how they make money and it makes relative sense that they should go higher in time. Slow, slow, just accumulate if you can. What about docs? Have you done any research on docs, D-O-C-S? No, what is this one? Docs, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's kind of the LinkedIn for doctors. Nice. Okay. That's ticker symbol. Yeah, Lisa had, Lisa had supposedly had a chance to get in pre-IPO. I don't, I don't know what happened. We got in post-IPO. She's such a star. A star. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. I, I have a question. Why can't LinkedIn be the LinkedIn for doctors? <laughs> wait, 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 what is? Why Great do they need points. their own? Spencer, Spencer, Spencer shh, yeah. too much yeah. logic. Too much yeah, logic. Yeah, yeah, this market doesn't I, like logic. Get this logic or logic and throw that hat away. This market yeah. doesn't trade on logic. Let's create a LinkedIn for traders. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called stock. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Um, anyway, Jeremy uh, Newsom is from reallifetrading.com. Uh, uh, someone just said Jeremy is a chart grandmaster. Joseph in the chat just dropped that in there. <laughs> Jeremy, we appreciate you coming on as always. The link to uh, his site, his Twitter, both in the description of this video uh, on YouTube. Jeremy, a uh, pleasure as always. Uh, yeah. You keep keep doing the beard thing, man. And, Thanks, uh, brother. Yeah, you're putting me to Appreciate shame. Appreciate you guys. You guys right. are amazing. Yeah, Thank Spencer, you, so you got to start growing your beard more. I can't, I can't get it like that. You don't understand how hard that is. That <laughs> takes so much time. <laughs> uh, ATV is getting slammed. Obviously, it's getting slammed for its own reasons, but the uh, the take two. But, Dennis, here's an interesting question from RAG, and I think I know what your response is going to be. Would you buy Clorox for the yield? No, not yet. I yeah. I would be interested in the yield though, but I mean it's still not a great yielding stock, you know. Like a little better it, today. <laughs> well, I think it's. I don't know if mine adjusts on the fly, but I got it at two point eight nine percent. Yeah, it I, doesn't. That, that's not adjusted. It's so, not adjusted. It's gonna be like four. But it might be three. No, no it's, be, it's only down eleven percent. It might be three. I, I feel like it is adjusted, but maybe, you know, yeah, you know why I wouldn't? Because I mean, and this is just pure conjecture and speculation but i mean if this keeps going on you know extended quarters and they want to start saving some cash what are they gonna you know i mean i don't think they probably have ever cut the dividend but that would be we're not even in the realm of that though like right. i mean they're gonna make five dollars and fifty cents so, okay this is not a story where the clorox is in trouble this is not that story this is a story where the margins are getting squeezed and their sales are coming down it's not a disaster where you're not going to see Clorox at 100 bucks. So there will be a time to buy Clorox on a fundamental basis. My fundamental hat looks at Clorox and thinks, yeah, I'd like to stick that back in my long-term portfolio. But right now, they just reported a disaster quarter. I think I still have the potential that it might get cheaper. So I just don't think I need to hurry into this one. But this isn't a story like an AT&T or, you know, or General Electric where we've got company fundamentals failing and nobody's buying bleach anymore. So, I mean, their, their products are solid. Um, you know, it's just obviously we're not stocking up on some of that stuff. You'll see it start to stabilize. There, You'll see the cost lot. pressures of their input costs start to come down probably in the next quarter or two. And then, you know, maybe a strike. But I don't think you need to hurry and buy Clorox. So that might be wrong. Maybe it just bounces back because it is a big move for Clorox. I wouldn't want to short it down 20. No, no. So, are you not seeing anything out there? Don't, you're not seeing that uh, because there, there's someone – out there <laughs> obviously there's always buyers and sellers but there there 
there's a bit out there somewhere around 160. I mean, well, it's a big number. I mean, I didn't yeah, look at my yeah. book, but I no, mean, not the book. There's that so far it's away. I'm 20 just... bucks. Some people are coming <laughs> in saying, look, I want some Clorox in my long-term portfolio. If you came in and bought Clorox at 161 in your long-term portfolio, do you think you make money if you look at it five years from now? Yeah, I think you do. So, I mean, I guess it depends on your time horizon. If your time horizon is five years out, maybe you're just buying when, you know, there's the, the blood in the streets, like Karen Feinerman says. I mean, I, I mean, to a certain extent, that's not a bad strategy if your investment time horizon is a long time. Mine isn't that long. Like, and sometimes it is. I do have some stocks I've had in there for, you know, like I said, for decades. But I, it's also timing when you get in, and I'm still a market timer, and I still want to try to get the best possible price available. In some cases, you know, they do bounce right back. Maybe Clark's is going to bounce back to 165, 166 because it was a complete overshoot. Quickly, That's yeah. completely possible. Yeah. But it's also possible to continue to leak. I think it's more of a coin flip at 161. That's why I don't see an edge here. I don't see like, oh, yeah, right. I'm coming to right. a big level. So I just kind of, you know, probably just don't trade it today. The, you know, the problem is, you know, people see what happened to Square yesterday. But for every Square, there's 50,000 times where it doesn't do that, right? It doesn't reverse on the on – that. Very rare to see that. Right. Very yeah. rare to see a stock trade down 15 bucks in the pre-market and open green. You know who helped Square yesterday? CFO. Oh, yeah. Well, that helped, but also Jim Cramer helped. Did he? Because he oh. came on CNBC at 9.15. And look at the time. Bring up Square from yesterday. This is uh-huh. how influential Cramer is. But I heard him say it, and he's like, Square was down three bucks. He's like, this is a great deal for them. It should be green. And it started blasting off. And it's not a coincidence that it started taking off in the pre-market just after 9.15. You can see right there, the stock is doing showing no life, no life. And right around 9.15, it starts to show life. And who said maybe there was CFO commentary coincidentally at that time? But I was watching the, the, this tape, and when Kramer was starting to talk positively about Square, People were getting interested. And sometimes a stock just wants somebody of, you know, significance, who Jim Cramer is, he's very influential in the stock market world, to give an opinion. Sometimes it's mixed and people are like, I don't know what to think about this deal. Cramer comes on and says, you know what? No, I like this deal. This is a good deal. That, you know, if a stock has no direction, it can't figure out, you know, it's it's kind of bearish, but all of a sudden somebody that's very influential like Jim Cramer comes out and says something bullish, it can move the price. So oh, yeah. it didn't hurt, you know, that Kramer. Now, I'm not saying he caused the entire rally, but I think he might have kickstarted to a certain extent. So he it, just put little arrows there right around when the Kramer commentary started. And uh, I don't um, – it just – I remember when we were talking about it, it was trading like – here. well, here's 8 o'clock, right? It was trading 234, 235. Maybe it started to bump up a little bit. And I said, you know – on a day like this, when you have a deal, a lot of people are looking at the closing price, right? So the closing price from Friday was uh, 40, uh, 47.26, right? You opened up just above uh, that close after the big run up. You came down, you only came down 25 cents for that. I thought when we were looking at it 234, 235, I thought, hey, if you picked up a long, you know, maybe dump it at the close. I had no idea it would go up another. No, nobody did. $33, big volume. Backed off a little bit. I'd say you better get some follow through through that 288 today or even even close green today because I think a lot of people got smoked. 
you know, I don't know if they sold out on the way down, but uh, definitely let's just uh, keep an eye on that. I'm, I'm going to forget about that 8088. I'm going to look at it, focus on the 7238 close. You know, I want to get your thoughts real fast before you go about on Rocket, Dennis. I, 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 I got Joel's thoughts already, but your thoughts on the Rocket headline from yesterday that they're getting into solar panels. Yeah, I mean, it's and that's what the company wants a reason. Like, I mean, it's it's been fundamentally cheap for a while. It's still cheap at 17 bucks. Cheap stocks just sometimes stay cheaper, even get cheaper. I've said for a while, I, I, I thought that, you know, maybe if they put a, a dividend in, that that could show it life. Coincidentally, Micron actually put a dividend in yesterday for the first time. Um, but, you know, so they're trying to do some other things. I mean, they know, you know, Rocket has been a cash cow here for a while, but let's, you know, they, they've benefited from a perfect environment too. You know, with obviously interest rates as low as they are and everybody, you know, housing market as hot as it is, you know, RKT has been the beneficiary of that. So, you know, they're trying to expand out and do some other things. I think it's a good thing. Um, Would I want to own Rocket? Maybe, you know, maybe at these prices. It doesn't look bad on the chart. I had a nice breakout yesterday. The only thing I don't love is that it got the whole pop and then gave it all back. It's like, man, there's so much overhead supply. That's what it's telling you. When you have a stock that's popping, forget about fundamentals for a second. When you have a stock, it's in a clear downtrend, and it pops and immediately sells. That's the overhead supply. That's the people that are like, please give me my money back, that are quick to hit the sell button on any rally. because So you have to get like through that. You have to get up and through those people to stop the selling. Because you get to 19 on this, we have a whole bunch of bag holders from 19, a whole bunch of bag holders from 20, a whole bunch of bag holders from 21. And it's so tough. And that's why I like Jeremy Newsom such a good trader. Because, you know, stocks and downtrends, he realizes the bag holder part of it all, where it's tough for those stocks to really get it kickstarted. They need something bigger. I mean, this is a good headline. The company's fundamentally cheap. But, you know, we've even seen, you know, Reddit trying to push this stock for a while, and it can't get it kickstarted. So I don't know what kickstarts this. Um, part of me likes the support, great support at 16 to 17. So you know where your out is. Even if you use the double bottom from two days ago, 1719 to 1723, you're only risking yourself 50 cents. It's not a bad setup, but just because they faded it so quickly yesterday makes me just skeptical. Paralos at uh, 1720. Keep an eye on that. All right. I'm going to hop over to premarketprep.com, cover a lot of issues we missed today. Spencer, I'll see you at 330. Dennis, see you, see you tomorrow. Uh, quick programming note. Somebody asked about Marcus. Uh, I, Marcus emailed me back yesterday, finally. He will be back on the show, I promise. He emailed me, and he told me he just got back from this crazy road trip. He said he drove 4,500 miles in July, and he just got back, uh, he said, like two days ago. So uh, he'll be back on the show. I don't know when. But I promise he'll be back, uh, and we'll talk about Ride uh, when that happens. Um, okay, real quick, what I'm going to do is I'm, uh, I do have my next guest here, Dan Wisecoff. He is the co-portfolio manager of the blockchain ETF, ticker BLOK. Before I bring Dan on, though, I just want to play a quick commercial. Yeah, look at us, guys. We got commercials now. That's how we roll here. Do you want to conquer market volatility? Visit vantagepointforecast.com and find out how Vantage Points AI technology can forecast stock market trends up to 72 hours in advance with incredible accuracy. Vantage Points patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds, so you can finally stop guessing what's going to happen next. Check out vantagepointforecast.com and experience Vantage Point for free. Learn how successful traders generate their wealth. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. 
Past results do not guarantee future performance. Look at us coming a long way. All right, let's bring on my next guest, Dan Weiskopf. This guy, as I said, is the co-PM of the blockchain ETF. He's also the lead strategist at uh, lead ETF strategist at ETF Think Tank, and uh, he is at Toroso Investments. Joining me now, Dan, good morning. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. It is a pleasure to talk to you. I'm a big fan, uh, at least, uh, of, of your of your thoughts on Twitter. Well, thanks very much, Spencer. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm a big fan of Benzinga as well. <laughs> uh, great. We can all be big fans of each other. Uh, I want to start uh, macro here, and then we'll get um, uh, specific. But for those of you who don't know, uh, this is going to end up being a record year for ETFs in terms of inflows. Uh, last year... Uh, about four hundred eighty uh, billion dollars uh, flew uh, of inflows of money went into ETFs for all of last year, and we already we almost topped that in just the first half of this year. So it's going to be a record year in terms of money flowing into ETFs. Dan, uh, why do you think that is? Well, you know, the ETFs give very easy access, wonderful liquidity, and I think. A lot of advisors and institutions are figuring it out that they can be specific and target these different access points and know what they own. And it's less risky. Uh, I, I, you know, I always talk about how structure matters and people are finally getting it. You, you actually, that's funny you mentioned that because uh, for those who don't follow Dan on Twitter, uh, basically every tweet uh, is prefaced with the phrase structure matters. Um, what, what is, what is that? Explain that. Yeah. My colleagues tease me about it actually. Yeah. So structure matters in the ETF side is all about security selection, right? It's, you got to look under the hood. You got to know what you own. You know, there's ETFs, there's ETNs, there's commodities, you know, you got to know, um, the structure. Now, the other part of it is, um, structure matters in how you live your life and, and it's a lifestyle. So, okay, it, it can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> okay, okay, that, that's a great way of putting it. All right, uh, structure matters. The blockchain ETF. I got the chart up on the screen here. BLOK. Um, something I've not really understood. Maybe you can help me uh, understand this, Dan. Is uh, why, why would I want to own you know all these crypto mining companies? Uh, you know, uh, Mara. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. Micro strategy. What? Why would I want to own them? Why not? Why wouldn't I just want to own Bitcoin? Well, you could own both. Um, we happen to be about seventy percent correlated right now to the price of Bitcoin. That's on purpose. The key part about Block is it's actively managed. So we're we're meeting. Um, with management, say, you know, uh, you mentioned Mara and, and um, I just did an interview with Fred Thiel um, yesterday and I'm doing another interview with Michael Saylor. You know, the whole today, actually, the, the whole premise behind uh, Block is we know the companies. Right. Um, so it's just a pure play on active management. And we think that blockchain may end up becoming even more important than Bitcoin. But they're interrelated. You're right. Uh, and I, I should mention, Block is not the only 
uh, blockchain-focused ETF, though it is the largest by a mile in terms of assets, uh, also the best performing of the group this year. Um, is that due to the active or management or what? Well, I think um, I will take a little bit of a bow with Mike okay. Venuto that it is because it's it's okay. active, right? Um, I, I'd also highlight that um, really we are the only active of size. There was just uh, recently launched another active, but it's unproven, right? Uh, you, you can't build a three and a half year track record uh, unless you've been around for three and a half years. That that is, that's just math. That checks out. Yep, <laughs> math, math, math checks out there. Uh, okay, can you speak a little bit more about the strategy behind Block? You know, you've sure. got you got you got miners in there, but you've, you've got Square, uh, PayPal, Nvidia is a top holding, right? Coinbase, of course. Um, what, what is Voyager? You know, a, a lot of familiar names to us here. Uh, you know, on, on, on our show, but uh, what what is the strategy behind the fund besides just getting exposure to blockchain? Yeah, it's not random is, is my point. So so um, currently we're about 23% exposed to the miners and we're probably going to look to increase that um, as they build out more scale. Uh, Mara, as you, as you mentioned, which is one of our top holdings, just made... Um, two key announcements, right? They added more miners and they produced more Bitcoin. And they they had a sequential increase of about 66% month over month, June to July, as a result of what was happening um, out of China, right? Um, beyond that, um, we also have about 30, a third exposure to platforms, to your point, like Square, PayPal, Coinbase, Voyager. And we, we try not to get overexposed to any one name. Um, we don't want to be hostage to any any one great company's success or worse, you know, find a failure, right, that takes us down. Um, so, so we're managing our exposure. There are roughly 200 companies that we're looking at at any given point. And because we're active managers, we're going to be moving things around a bit to try and generate alpha. Uh, is one of those companies Robinhood? Robinhood is not one of those companies, except that it is in the universe. Don't get me okay. wrong, but we do not own Robinhood. We, um, I think, appropriately avoided that. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, based on the, the conversations that you're having, whether it's with, um, you know, advisors or you know, executives, what what is the general feeling out there right now with regards to... Crypto markets at large, you know, Ethereum is just uh, it's on like a, uh, an all time record winning streak right now. And the update is, I guess, supposed to happen tomorrow. Bitcoin's been a little bit more volatile of late. Uh, what is the general mood out there that, that you're seeing? Obviously, it's, it's bullish. But to what extent? Well, you say it's, it's obvious that it's bullish. If you ask that question, I would say um, two weeks ago, it wasn't so obvious that it was oh, bullish, okay. right? It's amazing. It's amazing how things switch up and down, right? Um, but yeah, it is bullish. Um, I think it's in part bullish because what's going on in China right now, and it looks like there's, my fingers across, less selling pressure out of there at this point. So maybe we can see a lift. Um, and in that specifically speaking about Bitcoin, Ethereum's different. Um, there seems to be a little bit more of 
a bullishness now in Ethereum. And the interesting part about Ethereum is that there's more, there's more mining taking place in Ethereum these days, right? And so maybe NFTs have started to take off again, right? Um, and and beyond that, there's huge flows um, into venture capital in the way of the blockchain. So I, when you talk about optimism, I think the venture capitalists are very optimistic about blockchain. Do, do you do you have thoughts on specific? Like, can I ask you about specific cryptos, or do you have you know do you have thoughts? Do you follow the, the individual cryptos, or not really? You're more on the equity side. Yeah, no, I mean we're really focused on Bitcoin mostly. Okay. Uh, we're trying to capture some Ethereum exposure wherever appropriate. Yeah. Um, we cannot, to your question, we cannot own the cryptos directly, but as an example, you know, we get our exposure through the miners, through a company like MicroStrategy and a little bit of GBTC as well. Yeah. On that note, um, do you think, well, we will ever see a Bitcoin ETF here in the U.S.? Great question. And selfishly, I'm not looking forward to, you know, having the launch occur. Right. Um, but beyond that, I would say yes. I think in 2022, it's more than likely we're prepared for that, and 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 you know, let's be honest, it's probably going to be you know very positive when it occurs in terms of the price. And then the question becomes: Is it one, two, five, or twelve? Right? Because how do they make the approval? You know, we'll see. Um, and I, I wonder if, if you have thoughts on, uh, there's been a lot, physically, there's been a lot of MA in the space in the last couple of weeks. You had the Square deal yesterday. There was a, there was a MasterCard deal. There was a, an ATM deal announced yesterday or over the weekend as well. Uh, feels like MA is picking up in maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's just my feeling, but it seems like MA is picking up the last couple of weeks in, in crypto. Do you get that sense as well? Well, the Square deal um, makes a lot of sense, right? Um, be, because actually the way their their multiples are, the two companies, they can potentially make it accretive, right? Um, and, and the stock prices have moved in tandem together, right? So since the culture seemed to make sense, they, I think that, that deal makes some sense. Um, in, in the mining side, it's going to be very unique um when there's an MA deal because what do you get when um a miner buys another miner well you get you get equipment um maybe if you're a hoster there's some reasons for consolidations we're seeing that happen like a a, a host company emerging with the capital solution right um and and you know Beyond that, you know, who knows, right? You know, I, I, I could see a lot of M and A taking place because this this area of the market needs capital, right? Yeah. Um, and then Dan, one more before I uh, I let you go. Who are the types of investors that 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 you're talking to? Obviously, you know, you're a you're, you've got an equity ETF, so it's not like that. It's not like you, it's not a, that hard to sell as a, not as hard to sell as like. Bitcoin, Bitcoin would be right, but you know, is there interest uh, among institutions? Has uh, is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Are 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 high net worth individuals and advisors more interested? Are they less interested? Are, are do they still not know what the what the hell this stuff is? You know, like what is? I'm curious about like the who you're talking to about like who has interest in the in this in this ETF and and this space in general. 
Well, I'll, I'll speak to specifically the ETF, um, yeah. and then I'll touch on the space in general. Um, you know, we we work with a lot of financial advisors, and then candidly, I think it's good to talk to the PM. So, so it that advisor can talk to me and understand what's happening in the marketplace. That's the think of huge value. Secondly, I think from a positioning standpoint, this is a growth solution unequivocally. It's all about disruption, right? It's a global investment um, uh, yeah. fund, right? So it fits neatly in a in a portfolio that's targeting growth and disruption, um, whether it's a sector portfolio or just frankly, an advisor is trying to add value with a unique, interesting solution. Um, beyond that, I, you know, I, I think family offices have to be looking at it as well. Right. Because, yeah, you could own Bitcoin directly or, or, or Ethereum directly, or you can speculate around um, all the coins. But, you know, with us, you actually get as a family office an understanding about what's happening in the marketplace. Um, we're headed to North Carolina to visit some mines. Um, just came back from Texas, uh, let's say, two weeks ago. Um, the fact that we're, you know, ground up, I think matters. So, well, I, I guess my, my question was like specifically in the last year or so, how has interest changed uh, amongst institutional investors that interest in, in, in block change? It, it, it's accelerated unequivocally. And you can see it in our flows, um, it, it, you know, and, and the questions are actually getting more intelligent. Um, there's no question that institutional buying is is coming into the space. Um, you know, it, it, Bitcoin, you know, is trading, you know, trillions of dollars, right? So there's a reason. All right. I guess that answers that. Dan Weisskopf is the co-portfolio manager of the blockchain ETF. Ticker is up on charts up on the screen. BLOK is also the lead ETF strategist at ETF Think Tank. Dan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Spencer. We'll again soon. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. All right. Have a good one. All right. It is 916, everyone. I uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Um, and great. So smash the like, do all that good stuff. Thank you very much to Dan Wisecop for joining me. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.